those goats are not small goats. I had the food and I was like, let me give this food to another child because I don't want to put my hands in that cage. My daughter, whoop, right through the fence like it was nothing. She would have gotten in the cage or taken a goat home if you let her. And you know what? Good for you. The goat hooves have poop on them. They were jumping up. They have horns. I don't know. Not for me. But I'll see you there Saturday morning. You want to know where to find me on a Saturday morning? It's the Central Park Petting Zoo. It's only open from 10 to 2. See you there. Hey, everybody. It's Teresa. Welcome to Exaggerated. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Exaggerated. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, We're doing episode 18 today. Um, It's the height of summer in New York City, so we are chilling and grilling and kill it anyway what um no so first things first guy is promoting a big show uh beverly my sketch comedy team at the pit is doing a huge 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 anniversary show on september 7th write down the date september 7th at the pit probably 7 30 8 30 something like that it'll be on the website um but it's our two-year anniversary show it's going to be all new, brand new sketch comedy, all original. Um, If you've seen us before, it's a huge celebration. If you've never seen us yet, now's your chance. Now's your time. It's going to be silly. It's going to be fun. September 7th in New York City. Be there or be square. A uh, A square is my name and all my sides are the same. Anyway, that's the kind of day we're having. That's the day we're having. Um... My baby child listens to that song and she loves it. And they're like, a square is my name. I can't go as high pitched, nor can I sing. Um, And all the sides are the same. And that's how babies learn shapes. Anyway, focus. This week, guys, wow, what a week. Um, I think it's so fascinating how one week you can be um, completely slow and have nothing going on and be like, wow, am I like, just an 85-year-old now that watches a couple television shows and goes to bed at nine o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden, a new fresh week rolls around and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You're booked every single night and every single day. We had the craziest week. We is me and my baby child and my little dog. And then my husband is we on the weekends. But honestly, we had the craziest week. We, uh, we're we gonna be talking today about one of my daughter's first auditions. I know I can't believe I'm saying it either. I'll tell you all about it. And we're gonna talk about, we went to the zoo this week. Oh man, Central Park Zoo. That was fun. Um, and then of course, we're gonna get into the the ick and love of the week. Um, this week I did this really awesome stand-up show and the theme of the show, I was talking about it a little bit last week to you guys, but um, the theme of the show is like this hot pepper show. So it's like six comics, one pepper. So everybody does like 10 minutes of stand-up comedy. One person has to eat a habanero pepper before they're set. I was chosen to do this. And let me tell you, it was a way bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. I, I've i done stand-up comedy for about five years now. And I've never done it after eating habanero peppers. I don't munch and crunch habanero peppers in my kitchen uh, for shits and gigs ever. Uh, So I don't know. I'm sure I've eaten... um, When I was pregnant, I was super, super craving like extremely the surface of hell level spicy food. So I'm sure I've eaten a habanero pepper or something like it, but I've never 
purposefully bit into said pepper. And that's what I did on stage. I bit into the pepper, I ate the pepper, and then I did ten, 10 minutes. Tan, 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 did tan, tan, tan. Uh, Anyway, um, 10 minutes of stand-up comedy. And when I tell you I had such a fun time, a bunch of my friends came, we had so much fun, we were laughing hysterically. One of my dearest friends was right in the front row and he was laughing so hard that it was making me laugh harder. And I was, there was snot running out of my nose, tears running out of my eyes. So I come onto the stage and they're like, here's two peppers. One was like a Fresno bullshit something. And one was like the hottest habanero, whatever. They're like, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this the right way. You know, if we're going in, we're going bigger, we're going home. I'm going to post some clips from it too. But so if you see some like chaotic stand up um, with me drooling snot out of my nose, um, it's because I ate the pepper. But anyway, they handed it to me and they're like, just take a little bite. And I was like, nope. And I ate the whole thing because I overdo it, right? Like I'm, I love attention. I love being on stage, um, performative attention. I don't like attention in my actual life. Isn't that interesting? Like as a performer, I'm like, yep, center stage, let me do my thing. But in my life, I'm like, I'm very private. Please leave me alone. Only a select few know like what's actually going on in my life. Isn't that wild? A <laughs> select few as I make a podcast and I'm like, here's my entire life. But no, so anyway. I get on the stage and they're like, bite the pepper up. People are cheering. So I was like Joey Chestnut chasing down a hot dog. I was like, I'm having this pepper. I took, I went right to the stem. I ate all the seeds, guys. That was really stupid. That was so, so, it was so hot. It was hot. And I don't know if it's like, I showed up with some kind of like weird confidence that like, it's not gonna be that hot. It's just a pepper, like the pepper is hot. Everyone knows the habanero pepper is hot. Did I just think it wouldn't be this day or something? Like I just was like, it'll be fine. I've given birth. I think I said that when I got on stage. I was like, I've given birth. Like I can do anything. Hand me the pepper. And I bit into the entire pepper and it was so hot. I was immediately in tears. My stomach hurt. I wanted to throw up. I was like, what did I do? What did I do? Afterwards, my friend was like, I was sitting there. My friend's wife was like, I was like, take a small bite, take a small bite, take a small bite, like in her head. And when I bit the whole thing, she was like, oh my God, she took it too far. And I take everything a little bit too far, but this was, oh my God, it was so spicy. And so then you're trying to remember your jokes. And what's really funny is I wrote, my friend that had done it before was like, I got like delirious and forgot my jokes. So I was so nervous. So once I found out, cause it's like a drawing out of a hat. So once I found out, I was gonna eat the pepper, I was like, I need to write my jokes down. Like, can I, so I went to the bar and I was like, let me grab a pen and a piece of receipt paper because it, it I was so scared that I was just gonna get up there and be like, this is so hot, this is so hot, this is so hot, and just be standing on stage crying. And people would be like, is she a comedian or did somebody just find this girl out in the road and feed her peppers and now she's crying? Like, you know what I mean? So, and I'm so glad that I did because hearing people laugh, I was laughing, I'm snotting, I'm crying. Picture this, who does this? And like, oh my God. So it just like, I thank God I had things written down because I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I started like more talking to the audience, doing more crowd work because you're just trying to distract 
your brain from the heat in your mouth. I don't know. It was wild. It was so, so fun. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll try to post some clips of it or something. I don't know. Drew, where are you? Maybe Drew can edit them. Let's ask him. Um, Drew is who edits the podcast, guys. Hi, Drew. Please edit the Silly Pepper clips for us. Love Teresa's followers. Okay, cool. So that's a note for him and for myself because I'll probably forget to text him and ask him about it. But then the the clips will just appear and that's why we love Drew. Um, I never say names on this podcast except like my husband's and Drew's. Um, so that means something, guys. That means I'm talking to someone. Anyway, um, what else happened this week? Oh, so, okay. I want to talk about this because... I don't know, maybe I'm coming to terms with it myself. I'm like cuddling this iced coffee right now. It has a straw, my friend's gonna lose her mind. Um, but anyway, ooh, so good, so good, so good, so good. I get why people are addicted to things because I'm addicted to coffee. Um, anyway, I've obviously had too much. Deep breath, focus. Okay, my daughter, my baby child did an audition. Um, it was the best, worst thing in the entire world because, so first things first, I'm an actor, in case you don't know that. You're like, no, no, we just stumbled upon this podcast and it feels a lot like someone having a psychotic break. So we're just watching along to see when she crashes into the wall. Um, no, so I'm an actor and I do auditions. That's what actors do. Um, sometimes we book them, a lot of times we don't, but that's another story for another day. So one of my agents, one of my print agents that's been my print agent for 160 years, um, and he's the sweetest, most gentle man, he knows that I'm super protective of my daughter. I, and not like, oh, other kids can be actors and models, but my child is special and you can never see her face. It's not like that. I don't put my child on social media. I don't put my child's, like, because I just think it's up to her. Like, what if one day you you're of an age to get a social media account or whatever, an Instagram, a TikTok, and you go on there and every day of your life from the second you're born is on social media. I don't know how I would feel that. I don't think I would like that. Like if all of a sudden I'm a 15 year old, I'm like, ooh, let me make my Instagram account and I make the name, remember AIM names? We used to make like AIM. Oh my God, if anybody younger than me is listening to this, they're like, what's an AIM? We used to have AOL Instant Messenger and you needed a name. And my screen name was Sweet Tea 11. Not Sweet Tea, like the tasty sweet beverage in a Snapple container. It was Sweet, S-W-E-E-T, T-E, because people used to call me T-T, like Teresa, and 11, because I think you needed a number, or maybe I was 11, I don't know. But I remember our across the street neighbor, this is the biggest tangent that we've gone on, welcome guys. This is the type of episode you're getting today. It's gonna be willy nilly, roller coaster, flam bam. Thank you, ma'am, second time I said that, what's happening? Anyway, I remember our across the street neighbor was the computer engineer at like the school. And she was like good at computers. And I remember my parents bought a gateway computer and she came over and set it up and we got AOL and she made me the screen name. And she was like, what should it be? And I was like, I don't know. And I think, I don't even know how I got there. I think she picked it or I, I don't know. I don't remember. Or maybe my dad was like, well, you're sweet. And people call you TT. <laughs> sweet tea. My dad's the one that actually uh, first called me Timo. Cause like Teresa Moriarty, T Mo, and I remember there was a game called Snood. Do you guys? This is 
I'm having like a serious flashback. This is the second tangent on top of a tangent. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to the first one, y'all. Okay, so um, the game snood, you could only have a certain amount of characters to write down the high, the high score. So my dad used to try to write like silly things and he'd be like, dad beats whatever, or like dad wins, you know? So I remember he would be like, Timo loses or Timo stinks or whatever. And you couldn't fit Teresa. So he's right, Timo. And I was probably like nine. And that's who started calling me Timo. So I don't know if it was before J-Lo, but I remember some people being like, oh, is it Timo? Like, cause J-Lo. And, and I was like, what? Whomst? Whatever, do that. No, it's cause my dad had to write characters in the high score section of Snood, sir. Anyway. So the computer engineer neighbor came over and made Sweet Tea 11. And then my next screen name after that was Shred Betty. <laughs> Shred Betty 156. And that's because I was a snowboarder. And my aunt used to be like, because my whole family's skiers and I was the only snowboarder. And my aunt used to be like, you're a Shred Betty. Ugh. And I was like, I sure am. Oh man, Shred Betty, one, five, six. 15 was my softball number. Six was my crush's baseball number. Got him, wow, Shred Betty, one, five, six. What if that worked out? Imagine if I married that person and I was like, oh my God, guys, my screen name, <laughs> my screen name is, is my man's baseball number. And they'd be like, what? He's 45 and he was washed up playing baseball then and he's washed up playing baseball now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what was I saying about? Yeah, so anyway, imagine if your baby child goes online and they try to type in, you know, their little sweet T11 name and then they, they log on and they figure it out and they've got their own account. And then whatever happens to their account, there's this like weird digital footprint and like history of their whole existence. Um, like already on the internet because you you've put up like monthly photos and every time they did a first thing and and I understand wanting to share that stuff but sometimes it's like I don't know I don't know if we know what that's going to look like so for me a lot of times people in my family or like friends will be like oh like just put your daughter's picture on social media, who cares? Or or you go put the privacy setting and then only a few people see it. Firstly, nothing online is private. I'm like not the first person to tell you guys this, come on. But for me, it's not so much like I'm hiding her or pretending she doesn't exist. Like I, I know there's people that like don't even put their child's name out there or don't ever put their face or always blur the face. Like they'll post all these family pictures and then always cover the face and to each their own, do your thing. But even for that, I'm just like, then keep it private or like take one with their head turned. I don't know. I just feel like once in a while, I, of course, post a picture, cover her face, whatever. But for me, it's not even just I want to hide my child from the world. No, she exists. She is an entire person. People know her name. She is a, a living, breathing human being who's who's growing up and, and is now a part of this world and a part of these experiences. But when it comes to just constantly posting her I'm not super into that because I just think that whole digital footprint thing and, and the history of like their whole existence and whole life online feels like a little bit much and feels like something that they as whole entire human beings might not want someday. 
So I think once in a while is one thing. So it, I kind of have that same feeling toward my daughter doing auditions or doing ads. And I've had uh, various agents of mine or, or colleagues of mine ask, do you want your daughter to audition? Do you want, like my print agent is like, he represents kids and he's like, do you want to make her a profile? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm always like, no, I don't think so. Because I started when I was really young and I remember I was like eight or nine, but I, I found it fun and my mom was kind of like this, that and the other thing about it, whatever. And she was never really super pushy about it that I remember. Um, and I have no idea how I'm still in this business because I've been in it for so long. But for me, it's like, I want her to be able to choose that. Um, but once in a while, I'm, I'm rambling now, but once in a while there is a really cute storyboard or a really cute, like they call it like real family division because now everything, mostly post COVID, I think they were doing it before the pandemic, but mostly post COVID a lot of family auditions are real families. And I don't know if it's, because it's easier, because it's one household, you're paying maybe one family, or if it's more, it started with like maybe the safety of things, like you don't want to be around a fake husband that you're cast with, you just wanna be around your husband because maybe you won't get sick or whatever. Or maybe the kids behave better if they're with their actual parents. I don't know what makes this exist, but currently in, the trend of commercials in print and TV, a lot of stuff is real families. So well, I'll get into that in a second because we I just thought of a different story. But anyway, so my daughter, uh, like my, my print agent was like, listen, there's like this mom and toddler audition. So he'll always ask me ahead of time. He'll be like, can I use the picture of the baby? Like, let's like try to get this, whatever. If it's something good, if it's something cute, like if it's like a Target Christmas ad and everything's like hot pink and white, yup, sign us up. Because I want those pictures. Like, and if I'm on set with her, it feels less cringy and scary if it's not like me being like, here's my child, I've combed her hair and I'm pushing her onto the set. If it's more like a picture of us two, like that could be fun for her. Like it's an experience. So I'm very like, I dip my toe in here and there. So anyway, that's my big long-winded seven stories later to tell you that my baby child did her first audition. And she's done a couple as like a little baby, but this was her first as like uh, a kid. And they wanted like the mom and daughter and it was pretty simple. It was like make a couple facial expressions and play on the floor and like send it in. They don't care. It's not, they're just trying to see what it looks like. So, so the... The thing was like, the mom slate is like name, profiles, city, height. Cool. An adult can do that. Hi, Teresa Moriarty, 5'7", profile left, profile right, do your thing, whatever. They wanted the baby child to do the same slate. And it was like, have the toddler stand still, say their name, age, their nap time, and show both profiles. And then it said in parentheses, the parent can speak here. Uh, I know. Because she can only talk a little bit. If you had my daughter talk in her slate, she'd go, hi. 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 That's all she would do. Imagine her being like, hi, and saying her name and like the time that she naps. And like, <laughs> just, just an 18-month-old's like, hi, I'm da da and I nap from one to two. <laughs> anyway, let me know if you need to cast me. You can email me. I'll, you, like, what's going on? Obviously, the parent would have to speak. But... My child is very funny in these scenarios. So we had another similar 
similar type of agency that I work with out of LA that was like, oh, we we could you will your husband want to do like a real families thing like, and I'm always like, no, like he doesn't. I love my husband to death, but when he takes a photo, he squares his shoulder to the front, gets nervous, pulls his head back and smiles as big as he can. Like he doesn't, he's not like, you know, camera trained or media trained. I took that for granted in the pandemic because I would never have my husband read with auditions with me, for auditions with me until I had no other choice and I had like nobody in the house. And I, um, I had him read with me and it was, I was like, why are you so bad at this? And then I realized he's not so bad at it. He shouldn't be good at reading a script and doing an audition and being on camera. He's not trained for that. I've been trained and retrained and double trained. So it's interesting because I think sometimes as creatives, we take our talents and our skill level and our experience for granted because it's fun or it's like, uh, you know, um, it seems different than an office thing or different than a daytime trade job. Like, it, it, so the way we know how to like use a camera or break down a script or, or edit things or use different software, we just take for granted because we have to know how to do it. And we're rarely paid to know how to do it. So I remember like my confidence soared after the pandemic because I was like, oh yeah, I know a lot of stuff. I know about lighting and cameras and editing and, you know, I'm not an expert, but it's like seeing my husband look at a script and be like, uh, what part do I read? Do I read the part that says page one, interior, <laughs> bar, night? I was like, oh no, no, you don't have to read any of that. And he was like, well, who's going to read that? And I was like, no, that's the part on the script that just shows you where it is when you're shooting it. Like we just, the script is a tool that we're so we take for granted that we know how to use it. But anyway, so this company was like, oh, do you wanna do the real families? Just send us a nice clear picture of your family and you could do like some auditions here and there. And I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. Like my husband could like take a day off from work and like we could all go and like take pictures for Target Christmas ad. I have this Target Christmas ad that I'm obviously manifesting. But um, so we go to take the pictures, right? Well, first I try to just send snaps we already have. So I send them in and they were like, what's with the sunglasses? Why are you in a park? Your child is screaming in the middle of the picture. Like I was like, okay, let me try to take some clear, nice pictures. So it was like lashing rain one day. And I was like, all right, we need an activity. Let's take these pictures. When I tell you my child furrowed her brow and looked straight into that camera with the meanest look on her face, like I'm not doing it. And the only thing she would let happen with the camera was if we, I like set it on the self timer to just like take a bunch of pictures. And in every picture she's blowing this little whistle <laughs> as hard as she can. And she looks so cute, but it's like, I mean, we ended up with a couple pictures, but it was, it was kind of hot mess express. So yesterday we're doing this audition and they, not only did they ask for that ridiculous slate that we did not get, we, I was like, sure, this is the ba like I was like filming around her trying to show. I, they're probably gonna watch it and be like, "Is this family okay?" I can't imagine anybody's is is different unless the child is like four or five. So anyway, uh, we're in the hallway because they asked for her to be running, like, uh, like to see her walk or her gait. I guess I don't know. So she goes running down the hallway toward the dog, and I'm like, "Perfect, we got this in one take." Don't I watch the take back, and the dog is taking a shit in the background? and you just see the baby jog, jog, jog. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so perfect, this is so perfect. She turns, looks, the dog takes a fat dump, 
And then the baby goes, uh-oh, and runs back toward me. I was like, take <clears throat> take two, take, take two. We're going to need a, a take two, one where the dog isn't taking a dump in the hallway. What's what? And then that's when I said, you know what, T, enough, enough is enough. You're not, you're not doing it. We're not doing this. Like, so we were able to piece me all together this little audition. But let me tell you, I think the only thing that would be more difficult than trying to get my 18 month old to do the audition would be trying to get my husband to do one because the 18 month old you got an excuse for you could be like oh she's so cute she doesn't really talk yet sorry about that but if it was my husband like shitting on the floor you'd be like whoa whoa he's an adult and I would just be like sorry he's not camera trained he didn't sorry about that anyway so <laughs> um we went to we went to the Central Park Zoo this week and it was my first time ever going it was my baby child's first time ever going and I all right Central Park Zoo guys I don't know if you've ever been there should there be a brown bear fully grown with his brown bear wife in the middle of Central Park no no probably not should there be seven sea lions in the middle of central park swimming in a whirlpool and jumping up and clapping their hands for the sardines in the middle of new york city i don't know should there be six red-assed monkeys jumping rock to rock next to the bodega no okay no there probably shouldn't be but when i tell you we bought our little ticket and we went in and my baby child was so impressed with these animals that we're going back this weekend. Like it was, I don't know. I always heard Central Park Zoo for what? In my head, I was like, why would you ever go to a zoo in the middle of New York City? I feel like these animals should be down home on the range and not in the middle of the sweaty city next to a hot dog vendor, right? Why is there a penguin exhibit next to a guy selling fake Chanel purses, right? They don't, they shouldn't coexist, but it exists. So we enjoy it. And now I was totally wrong that it, it all is just coexisting right on 64th street. And I don't, I don't know. I highly recommend it. We had such a good time. I'm, I'm not a zookeeper, so I don't know if those animals are okay. They looked happy. They were eating all these snacks. Oh my God, there's a petting zoo. Oh, let me get started now. The petting zoo was worth the ticket alone, okay? My daughter would have got in the goat cage if you let her, okay? She took that little food and she put her little hand straight through that fence and that's because her brain isn't fully developed yet and she got super excited. Those goats are not small goats. I had the food and I was like, let me give this food to another child because I don't wanna put my hands in that cage. My daughter, whoop, right through the fence like it was nothing. She would have gotten in the cage or taken a goat home if you let her. And you know what? Good for you, because that kind of bravery is gonna be right out the window once you're my age. I was like, the goat hooves have poop on them. They were jumping up, they have horns. I don't know, not for me, but not for me, but I'll see you there Saturday morning. You wanna know where to find me on a Saturday morning? It's the Central Park Petting Zoo. It's only open from 10 to two, see you there. Um, no, my, she loved it, it was so good. Um, so we're definitely gonna go back. Um, we, 
Um, what else do I want to tell you guys about? Oh, I don't know. I guess let's just do the ick and the love then. I feel like I've been talking for 12 days. I don't even know how long this is. I always say that. Maybe I should get a little clock. I should get a little mirror so I know if my hair is like flying out the other side. And um, I should get a little clock, like a little stand-up countdown clock, how we have that. I should get those two things. Put it. Up. <laughs> what if I was like, Drew, please order... <laughs> <laughs> Drew is like Alexa now. I'm like, Drew, uh, could you just please send um, one clock and one mirror? <laughs> so, I can, so if you're watching this on YouTube and you ever see like my ponytail like flying out the window or like I got a booger hanging out of my nose, it's just because I don't know. It's just because I click record and I don't know. So best of luck to us all. So oh, what's going on? Um, here's my ick. This is going to be a little specific to New York City residents, I think. Maybe this happens in your city or your town. And if it does, I want to hear about it. But we have ice cream trucks, right? All over New York City, there's little ice cream trucks. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Ice cream man is coming. Have your little treat. Soft serve, rainbow sprinkles. Do it up. Vanilla with a cherry dip. I'm here for it. But it can only be Mr. Softy. I'll say it one more time. Mr. Softy. S-O-F-T-E-E, end of list. It's got to have the little man. All of these, all of these, all of these imposters, imposters, fun time, ice cream truck, no. That's air and sugar. It doesn't even taste like nice milk cream ice cream. Only Mr. Softy tastes good. My ick is these imposters that are just rolling around. And some of them even have the same colors as the Mr. Softy logo. Because they're really trying to trick people out here. It's Or it'd be like frozen yogurt truck. No. Nobody wants it. It should be chocolate vanilla twist, sprinkles, chocolate dip, or red cherry dip. End of list. You don't need another ice cream in New York City unless it's one of those options. Mr. Softy, those combos, wheel and deal them together. I think they have pineapple sauce. It can have pineapple sauce. I don't know who's getting the pineapple sauce. Let's get real. Who's choosing that choice? Um, I'll just do the vanilla with the, I guess, the pineapple sauce from the hot truck. Could you please have a little bit of pineapple sauce on the top of my... No. New York City ice cream is only Mr. Softy. Only the three flavors. Actually, it's really only two flavors, and then one is twisted together. And then it's sprinkles, no sprinkles, dip or no dip. Cut the shit. What are we doing? We're, I don't want these these fake trucks around anymore. Now I want an ice cream. I'm going to go find it. There's a Mr. Softy app. There's also merch. I'm going to buy some because I looked this up um, when I knew that this was annoying me. I was like, is there a way to find these guys? And if there's not, I'm going to invent it. But somebody already invented it. Thank God. There is a Mr. Softy app. So you can go on it and you can look. I'm going to do that this afternoon. I'm going to go find the truck with my baby child. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Anyway, and my love is, you know, it's, it's an essence. The love is not a thing today. It's an essence. And it's what we call in my home, the local. And it can be your coffee shop, it can be your bar. It could be your dry cleaners. But I love the essence and the energy of a local relationship, of a you go into a place and it's a coffee shop and you walk in and they go, hey, Teresa, how are you? Are you going to have half and half in your coffee today? 
And I'm like, no, it's summer, baby. I only drink it black in the summer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then you have a little chat and they say hi to your little baby child or hi to your dog or the other dogs are in there and everyone's kind and nice. And it's the same thing with a bar. I know my husband's European and he loves the pub culture. We don't really have a lot of pub culture in America, but uh, we just have raging binge drinking in America. But the pub culture of just pop into your local for one drink, saying hi to the barman, enjoying that little espresso martini and going on your way. The local energy is what I like. And and in New York City, you have a lot of that because a lot of the rich people that like summer away in the city, they're like, I'm away for the summer. And all of us poor folk are just left over on the sweaty streets smelling like garbage. Um, we pop in and we get to be like, oh, the local, the local ice cream, the local coffee, the, the local uh, bar. And it's so nice because things are a little less busy. Um, and then come fall, all the tourists and all the rich people come back for their jobs. Um, that's it for this week, guys. I love you all so much. Thanks so much for listening. Reach out to me if you have any insights. Uh, if, if any of this resonates with you, let's, let's have a chat. I'm so, so glad you're here. Um, have a great week. This has been Exaggerated. Thanks for sticking around till the end. Follow me on social media at Timo Lin. That's T-M-O-L-Y-N-N. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and join the conversation by emailing me at exaggeratedpod at gmail.com. Until next time, don't forget, it's all a bit exaggerated.